0: Back to the now news panel on AMI TV. I'm Alex Mith, and I'm joined by Michelle McQuig and Juwita Gupta. Let's address our next topic. Debates around gun control seem to have coincided with a new news of more tragic mass shootings in the U.S. Both here and then there's also some uh, in our country as well. Uh, this last week, two new proposed amendments to gun controls have stirred up a debate again in this country. The first proposed amendment would see the definition of an assault rifle added to a bill that was first introduced last year. The amendment proposes to ban a, quote, "...a firearm that is a rifle or shotgun that is capable of discharging centerfire ammunition in a semi-automatic manner that is designed to accept detachable cartridge magazines with a capacity greater than five cartridges of the type in which the firearm was originally designed." Very, very wordy. Essentially, it's, it's uh, 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 proposing to ban almost all semi-automatic rifles. The other proposal uh, provision will allow mm-hmm. anyone to apply to a judge for an emergency order to prohibit someone who might cause harm, such as a stalker or abuser, from possessing firearms for up to 30 days. The identity of the person making the application may be kept confidential, and the matter can proceed in court without the gun order uh, owner present. So, Michelle, this was your topic that you brought forth, two very big uh, uh, proposed amendments. Where did you want to go with this?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for, for laying out the, <laughs> the technical very, definition. Very wordy. I, I,
0: yeah. It is very technical.
1: It's very <laughs> yes. in the weeds, and, and there's even more to it than that. But basically, the crux of the matter is, that the definition of semiotic weapons has not necessarily been codified in law before and there has been a push to do so and that is one of the things that the government is hoping to do now with this gun control measure that they're trying to get passed. Um, Big surprise, it's running into fierce opposition, uh, primarily from the Conservatives who feel that the government is coming after hunters and sportsmen and those who maintain guns for lawful reasons. And it's going along fairly predictable partisan lines that way. The other amendment is also interesting because it has uh, victims groups raising concerns, saying, you know what, this might sound great on paper, but it actually is going to potentially undermine the people it serves to protect. Uh, people who are in domestic violence situations or in imminent danger don't have the time or resources to go to court, necessarily. Uh, that the, that itself is an act that could put them at additional risk. Uh, we know that domestic abusers uh, that during times when theres efforts to leave or, or to intervene in their behavior, that's when the risk is highest for the women and children and others and the vulnerable people in those situations. So it's a controversial amendment uh, on top of an already thorny bill that's being difficult to, to discuss and to pass. And yet it jumped out at me because we are having these conversations here. And we're further down the road in terms of potentially implementing some meaningful gun control for those who feel that way. Uh, then it, then we have been in the States where we see that this is an issue that just never, ever truly gets put to bed in any meaningful way. Uh, there have been a lot of mass shootings in the U.S. recently, of course, especially in the, the past week. Even last weekend, there was a really wretched uh, shooting at a, a nightclub that was perceived to be a hate crime. So it's very topical. Um, and i thought it would be time to check in a bit on where we stand here in canada as we have some different different but equally uh thorny conversations around this issue
0: absolutely because uh, and and some of the uh the responses i i read from these amendments especially from the uh conservative uh parties and especially those in you know, alberta and saskatchewan has basically said they they're just trying to get rid of guns altogether they're trying to ban all guns now mm-hmm. that's based on it's on worth the information noting, you know, Go ahead. Really
1: quickly, it's worth noting that the premiers of those three provinces you named have all now voiced their formally voiced their opposition in a joint statement about this. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the residents of those provinces; they're getting official pushback from the leaders now.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And and so, Joita, I, I want to uh, go to you on this and find out. Do you feel like there was? This has always been a long-standing debate. Do you feel there is now an appetite to really tackle this head-on with this amendment? That the both politically and uh, from a public standpoint, that people are are ready to take this and change gun laws in Canada?
2: Um, it's an excellent question. And we know that we've had, uh, in recent memory, some very horrific mass shootings in Canada, the 2020 Nova Scotia shooting, the 2018 Toronto Danforth shooting. Uh, also in 2018, the Fredericton mass shooting. And I think there has been more interest, both from politicians and the public, to see greater gun control. But that doesn't necessarily shift the balance or change um, what's actually going to happen here. Uh, There's still a powerful gun lobby at work, uh, not as well-funded as the gun lobby in the U.S., but nonetheless uh, quite an immutable and immovable force um uh, you've still got hunters of course being a vocal minority um i was looking at a poll conducted by Angus Reid in may 2022 so it's a couple months old now and according to the poll about 60% of canadians surveyed said that gun violence was increasing in canada and even so in that same poll Only about 44% of Canadians say that gun control needs to be stronger. So is there an appetite for change? Obviously, those who are in favor of greater gun control will continue to lobby for that. Uh, But it doesn't really seem to be translating uh, the concern for uh, of mass shootings doesn't really seem to be translating into broad based consensus that we need to make some changes here, because you've got a lot of people uh, either indifferent and you've got a very vocal minority. And it's not just a minority, as Michelle pointed out. Now you've got the premiers of at least three provinces officially opposing it. And that is not an insignificant obstacle.
0: Yeah, well, and and uh, this goes back to the same struggles we see in so many different issues. This is a a federal uh, a bill that they're trying to to pass, and then you have the provincial jurisdictions who are are already uh, saying they they are going to challenge this, and if they need to, they will go to court over uh, these new laws. So you're you're getting that divide and and that separation between federal and provincial ideologies.
2: If you don't mind me, but there's also another uh, important divide where I think uh, we need to consider the rural-urban divide in a conversation about gun control. Uh, so whereby it's... the proponents, uh, whereby those who are against gun control are often in rural areas, whereas the victims of gun violence are often in the urban poor in urban poor neighborhoods. And I think that division is really one of the re. And, and of course, they're not not only are they in different places politically, but they're in different places geographically. And this is a big country, so they're never really meeting, not even in the in the most sort of. Uh, you know, just in the in the most obvious sense of the term, which is they're not ever sitting down face to face. So uh, that that is, I think, a big big issue as well to consider. Apart from the federal provincial issue that you brought up,
0: absolutely. And uh, Michelle, I want to go back to you because you did mention this a bit um, uh, when we were talking about the the red flag provision, the second one that that could mm-hmm. uh, see uh, people who feel threats to their life go to court and and get. Uh, uh, a 30-day uh, ban on uh, someone who may be deemed as a threat to have uh, a weapons taken away or a, a ban on them having weapons. Do you feel mm-hmm. that the the vulnerable groups and the groups that would be affected? You mentioned they did have their they they were vocalizing their their opposition to this this uh, amendment. Uh, ironically, most people would think they would this would be something that they would be in favor of. Do you think that they've they've had enough of their voice heard and considered with this provision?
1: Um, I will say that jury's a little bit out on this one. They absolutely have been very much involved. By and large, they're quite supportive of the government's planned uh, efforts on this front, and they largely like this bill. I do feel that by and large they've been heard, but this issue came up as part of the clause by clause review process, which is always an important time when passing government legislation to make some tweaks. Uh, The fact that we're even discussing this suggests to me that the message is being heard. This is a, a, a lobby that has gotten organized, that has been able to get this issue flagged and discussed. And to me, this is a classic example of something that a lot of us who navigate accessibility circles will be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Something that sounds great on paper, but it really takes a lived experience to be like, you know what, like, yes, that sounds fine in theory, but the practical reality is very different and here's what it actually looks like. So the reason the jury's is out is because I will be interested to see how the government responds to these critiques about this particular clause now that they've been raised. Uh, if they decide to take some meaningful action, then I will probably come down with an unequivocal yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, I, I like to sort of see and wait and see how this plays out but i will say that it's been quite evident that uh certain advocacy groups who who are very much in favor of, of gun control i'm thinking specifically of the group of survivors of the Ecole Polytechnique massacre one of the worst in our history uh groups like them um several other women's shelter groups have had some pretty prominent exposure and and say and input into this so I don't feel the issue has been ignored. Uh, I will, though, be interested to see how they deal with some finer points now that they've had a chance to, to hear about it. Mm.
0: Joita, you, you had talked about the, uh, uh, a bit of the divide. Do you feel like there is a nonpartisan, non-divisive uh, way that we can have these types of conversations, that we can have everyone come to the table and have a meaningful conversation?
2: It, look, this, as I said before, it is an interesting divide. Um, you know, just if you if you allow me a minute to talk about the vulnerable groups, uh, whether they've been adequately consulted. Certainly we've heard from women's uh, groups in some detail. But we haven't actually heard from, as I mentioned, the urban poor community. And that's often mm-hmm. the group that's most affected by gun violence as the victims of gun violence. And that's a voice, at least as far as I can tell, that's conspicuously absent.
0: Great so, point.
2: So, you know, we know uh, that there are some entrenched sides here. The people who are advocating against gun uh, control are tend to be um, uh, in rural areas, hunters and sometimes farmers. And, of course, those who are the victims are in, are, are often the urban poor. Uh, we haven't really even heard from cities or community activists, and I think the role of the city is, uh, is really important. Um, so is there a way to reach a nonpartisan solution, um it's an interesting it's an interesting idea to contemplate because really all evidence points to the fact that you've got two very entrenched sides here and they're not going to meet in the middle either politically and obviously not geographically however uh you could really if you were creative think about um finding ways to broach the difference or breach the difference. Um, You could have a way of allowing rural people to use guns for hunting purposes, for example, uh, while introducing greater restrictions in cities. I'm just, you know, uh, spitballing ideas here. The problem with that is you don't really have a way of enforcing that in Canada. We have freedom of movement, That means guns can freely flow or move between rural and urban areas and even between provinces, as far as I know. So I can't really see how you might implement a situation where you have looser gun control regulations in in rural areas, which allow for legal gun ownership and maybe tighter regulations in the city where, you know, no one's hunting and no one has a farm. I just can't seem to find a way where you could logically find a consensus, and given that the issue is highly polarizing, as I've alluded to in the past, um, I don't know if we'll ever really ar- arrive at a consensus here. I feel like it's one of those issues where one is eternally sort of looking for a solution that nobody will really be happy with. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Michelle, I'll give you the final word on this topic.
2: Yeah, I'll make this quick, but I, I,
1: I tend to agree that a, a true consensus position will be very difficult to arrive at. Even even broad spectrum satisfaction, I think, will be hard to land on. It's worth noting that the liberal government is the one that has historically been the one that tries to thread the needle and find a middle course. And even now we're seeing this where they're being attacked pretty hard from the right the Conservatives are deeply opposed to this bill. The NDP, their ostensible allies due to the confidence and supply agreement, they will, they will support this bill, but they're also saying it doesn't nearly go far enough. They would like to see more action. So, this, I think, is the best thing we're going to see in terms of someone trying to establish a middle course, and it's not going—it's not proving to be a very smooth ride. Very so, perfect. I suspect there's more of this to come.
0: Okay, perfect. Well, thank you both. We'll leave the conversation there.